Uh, no idea how wonderful it is to see you. <laughs> I was preaching on Sunday, Friday night, on uh, Facebook Live. And it's different from Zoom because you can't see anybody but yourself. And you're wondering, is anybody listening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's just wonderful to see you. Let me see your palms. There you are, you see? Now give them a wave. <laughs> Because we kind of get palm trees in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Palm Sunday is a celebration. It's the nearest thing Jesus got to a coronation in there. And all the people praised him, and even the children sang, Hallelujah, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And there was the recognition, you know, of his wonders. You know, just after he'd raised the Lazarus from the dead, his popularity was high, and the people come out from Jerusalem to meet him. Took their branches and their coats on the ground, and rather procession into the, much to the annoyance of the Pharisees, right into the temple and praised his name. So that was the nearest thing he got to general recognition before his crucifixion. And it's, it's fitting because this word this morning is all about the supremacy of Christ. Last time I spoke, I spoke about the, the church in Philippi. Every time I think of Philippi, it reminds me of Joe. He supplies all the pies at the men's night. I'm looking forward to a good pie coming. Another church we looked at was Thessalonica briefly. So this morning I want to look at the Colossians because there's very much similarities with that and the issues that we face today and the road charts. And the reality is, you know, the scriptures are there for our benefit and our example and our encouragement. So let's just reword the prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the joy of gathering together again. We do thank you, Lord, for the open door. And we just pray across the land as the churches open up again, Lord. Lord, that we'll open up with the freshness of your spirit, Lord. A new determination, Lord, to proclaim your word, Lord. To present Jesus to the world, Lord, in a new and powerful way, Lord. To lie not, Lord, in the machinations of men, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And we ask this morning you would come, Lord, join with us this morning, Lord. Manifest yourself to us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, you promised that every man, Lord, you would manifest yourself to them. This morning we ask you, Lord, to close us in with you, Lord. Cause us to know your embrace, Lord. Cause us to know that we're dealing, Lord, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning that we have this great privilege of being able to cry, Father, Abba, because you have reconciled us, Lord, to God by removing our sins through your precious blood. So we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wanted to look at uh, Colossians this morning because it deals with issues that we are facing in the world today. You know, the world has moved. The world view has moved. Society has moved. When I got saved in the 1957, it was still pretty much recognised that we were a Christian country. You could go into the streets, you get the kids around, you could sing a chorus, and you know what we were singing about. 
You could go to the church, the shipyard gates and preach, you know, and people would know and recognize the morality. People would say to you, I don't want to be a Christian because I don't think I could keep it up. There was a recognition and expectance of what Christianity was about. And the whole thing's moved. You know, society has moved, the worldview is moved. The gospel is ridiculed. Christianity is considered as not relevant. Our children are under great pressure. The official line is God's a myth. And we need to find a way to strengthen not only ourselves and the onslaught of all that comes against the proclamation of the gospel and the reality. But we need to strengthen and reinforce us young folk that they can answer these issues in their own hearts and with their own convictions. And that's very much what's happened. The church in Colossae, Colossae is in Turkey. You can't go there then because you've not got your vaccine passport yet. It's 100 miles from Ephesus. Paul had never been there. No. But Paul had a school in Ephesus for three years. And it says from there, the word of God went throughout all Asia. And there was a man called Epaphras who probably was converted, him and Philemon, were converted in Paul's ministry at that time. And there was Epaphras who went to Colossae, that's probably his hometown, and preached the gospel and founded this church. So Paul had never been there. Epaphras went to visit Paul in prison, carrying a gift from the church to support him. And it was Epaphras who told Paul about the state of the church and how they were happening. You know, Paul's heart was for the church. You know, he just rejoiced. Anybody was hearing about Christ, he said, I rejoice that you've come to faith in Christ. But he was disturbed with some of the problems, and that's why he wrote his letter. They wrote this letter when he was locked down. <laughs> Lockdown didn't he stifle us. He wrote five letters when he was locked down in prison. And he wrote this letter to deal with three things. This church, you know, the, the problem in this church was synchronism. That means we're putting things together that didn't necessarily fit. And the three things, you know, the reason for that was the church was mixed. There was Jews, there was Greeks, and there was Egyptians. It was a real licorice all sorts church, congregation. Different backgrounds, different cultures. And they were mixing the former cultures with the gospel. And Paul was worried because they're mitigating the gospel, they're decimating it, and they're reducing the supremacy of Christ. So he reminds them. And chapter one, it's all about the supremacy of Christ. It was Christ who saved you. It was Christ you turned to. It was Christ who redeemed you. It was Christ's blood that was shed for you. It was Christ that reconciled you to God. Don't forget, you know, who you're following is Jesus. The reality is that that's who we follow. We don't follow a religion. We follow a person. And we're not willy-nilly. Well, I'll just take it by faith. Faith is fact. It's a fact that Jesus lived. Science, you know, has become king in our day. 
best through this the pandemic series. We shall be led by the signs. And that's good. It's wonderful. But the trouble is that signs, you know, was the great hope of man when the enlightenment started. I'm going to come to scriptures in a minute. When the enlightenment started, the enlightenment said, we don't need God anymore. Man is capable. And all that enlightenment did was put on a dimmer switch. And over the years and over the years, societies got darker and darker and darker as it turned them back on Jesus, the light of the world. So I'm going to read some scriptures for you. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. And I'm reading from this one. Now read this in the background, I'm just giving you Paul, what's in his heart, what's his concern about the state. For I would that you know what great conflict I have for you and for them at La Laodicea. Ephesus, Laodicea, and Colossae were, and proximity one another. For as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that your hearts might be comforted. Be knit together in love, and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding of the to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, Yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy, and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of sin, for the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. And are we reading in Corinthians? Just a bit of background. First Corinthians verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. 
Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the speaker of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? But after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, that pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, the stumbling block, to the Greeks, foolishness. Unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. May God have the blessing the reading of his word. In chapter 2 of Colossians, Paul deals with the issues that face this church and which we face today. There were three things that challenged them. And Paul was saying, look, Christ is greater. And the three things were one, first of all, the philosophy of men. Second was the legalism. And the third one was carnality. Regarding the philosophies of men, we are in an age, you know, when the word is ridiculed because science says, because physics says. God says, listen, the wisdom of the world is foolishness. Science is wonderful, but it only measures the physical. It cannot put God in a test tube. The Bible says, man by his knowledge decided not to know God. And we've got to get to the place, look, children, it's all right. You can confidently believe in Jesus yeah. because he is greater than the world. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll just give you a wee bit background to what we're talking about. We're talking about Colossians. And Paul was dealing with the three problems that were in the church in Colossae which was the, the fact that the mixed congregation were mixing. The Greeks were saying, you know, well, it's all right to be a Christian, but we're going to listen to the philosophies of men. And they were watering down the gospel. The Jews were saying, yeah, it's all right to be a Christian, but you always need to be circumcised. And want to bring back in the law, watering down the gospel. And the general population, you know, or wanting to remember the practices that they were used to in their former worship of idols and the temple, and they're bringing the idol worship in to the church and displacing Christ. And Paul was saying, Christ is supreme. It's all about him. Your faith is in him. It's him that saves you. And he deals with the three issues. And deal with the philosophers of men and saying, look, you know, don't rely. You know, I want to tell you something. Science can only discover what's already there. For God has made all things. When he says, in the latter days, knowledge will increase. There's just the more the revealing and study and finding what is already there. And whenever they come with a new thing, they say, well, this displeases a bit. It doesn't, you know. It doesn't. 
they get to the black hole and they get to this place, the unknown, the bit we can't explain. There's always room for God. So Paul says, Look, don't be persuaded by the philosophies of men. Put your faith in God. He is wiser. God's foolishness is greater than man's wisdom. You can trust Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the truth. You can be confident in me. So we're confident in him. You know, I was saying, when I first got saved, you know, my brother was in the forces in the RF and I got converted. And my mother got worried. My father was a Protestant. My mother had been a Catholic. Her religion was non-existent in her home. When I got converted, my mother got me saying, no, but there's never been any arguments about religion, I said, so don't you start them. But she got a wee bit worried that I maybe I can get off the rails a bit, you see. And she wrote to my brother who was in the forces and he got leave. I'm not sure whether he could compassionate leave or not, just to come and sort me out. <laughs> <laughs> but he was that the oldest thing, you know, wisdom. He paid what the 83 pounds for a certain encyclopedias. And he was in on top always, you see. My dad was into the Freemasonry stuff. He says to me, uh, this would be a help to you, sir. I says, how's that? What is it for? He says, it's for fellowship. I says, what does it cost? He says, I'll get you in for a tenner. I say, well, I can get it free in the church. <laughs> Don't need the pants. But I was testifying, my brother, what's happened? And he, with all this so-called psychology and wisdom, tried to persuade me otherwise. And I couldn't defeat his arguments. But I said this, you know, you need to tell me what happened then. For Jesus came in my life. An ounce of experience is worth a ton of theory. Whenever your testimony is attacked, remember the two place in your life. Jesus made you a new creature. He transformed you. The Bible says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus. So Paul trying to put that rest the Greeks and their philosophy. When we went to Mars Hill, he says, the Greeks just love to discuss what's new. Paul says to the Galatians, remember, Christ is supreme in all things. The second issue was legalism. The Jews were going to say, well, you need to do this, you need to bring back the law of Moses, you know. But we're not saved by works or deeds. If you could be saved by good words, there was no need for Calvary. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. If we could save ourselves, you know, and even if the law, Paul says, if the law could have saved us, there'd have been no need for Jesus. We're not saved because we're good. We're not saved because we're better than everybody else. 
were saying because Jesus took her punishment, her sin, died upon the cross. That's why the Bible, the preaching of the cross, to them that perish foolish. Why is that? Because the natural man receives not the things of the spirit, for the spirit is like the sound. Suppose we don't get back into the bondage of keeping the rules. Trust in Jesus. You're saved by his blood. And then there was the idol worship. See, idol worship was a was a very fabric of society in those days. If you were a stonemason, you were in the temple of the stonemasons. <laughs> And you worship the gods of the stone bases. You're a farmer, you worship the gods of fertility and all sorts of things. And when you got saved, you couldn't do that. So you got put out that temple. That's why the Christians had to come together and support one another. Paul said, forget the idols. God is not made by man. He's not fashioned by man. When they preached and they healed the man and, and the people came out to worship Paul and Silas, they said, no, 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 we've come to tell you that, you know, we've come to tell you God's not away with us. There's no need. We worship God only and we're just made. Put aside your idols and come and worship to God. Now, where are the idols today? You'll find that many people, career bound, ambition bound, and they say, but, and be a Christian, but. And then just put uh, the, the reality is you can't serve two masters. Jesus, you love the one who hate the other. You can't be double-minded. Because he's a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You put your trust in Christ, you fall. Paul said, not only that, he says, when you came to Christ, you were buried with him in baptism and rose again to new life. Have you been baptized? Well, if you haven't been, everyone would agree more. We'll arrange it. Buried with Christ. What does that mean? That means I'm dying to the old and rising to the new. And that's what happens when you're saved. You become a new person. You know, if any man be in Christ, 10 Corinthians 17, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. You know, I love when you come across a scripture and you say, well, that's true, that's happened. I was about three months saved when I discovered the scriptures 5 and 17. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And that's what I'm going to say. I say, that's happened. <laughs> and it's not just the diary it changes. You become a new person in Christ Jesus. Buried with Christ, risen to newness 
and grace. They all passed away and all things become new. And that brings us to the last issue that Paul had to deal with. Carnality of Christ. The flesh of the Spirit. He that is mindful of the flesh desires the things of the flesh. But he that is mindful of the Spirit desires the things of the Spirit. Paul says you need to put away the former things. You need to put off the old man. I'm just dying. Got dying shot on this one. That's the first name, Wednesday. And a great thing to do to the pullover. <laughs> when you come to Christ, you get a new wardrobe. You strip off the old. Put aside your anger, your malice, your fornications, your lust, your ambitions, all the things that you used to walk in. Paul says, you used to walk in it. Now walk in Christ. You once yielded your members, yourself, your body, your whole personality. Yielded it to sin. You know, when you wanted a good time in the world, you got off your seat and went for it. You yielded it. Paul says, as you yielded to sin, now yield. Give way. Pursue righteousness. And walk in Christ. Cut off the old man and put on the new. If you are raised with Christ, he says, he tells us how to do it. Says so I'm not being a Christian Lord, isn't it? That's why Jesus says, Listen, I'll not leave you alone. I'll send the helper. I'll send the helper. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is he that's at work in you to strengthen you and help you and keep you. That's why it's called the helper, paraclete. So Paul says, if you were raised with Christ, then seek those things that are above. Set your mind. Not the things of the earth which pass away. Put off the old. I know it keeps raising me up the head. You've got to keep putting them down. <laughs> Just as you've got to keep resistance. Get behind the scene. Resist them. And it frees from you. Put on the new man. Listen. Who is renewed in knowledge. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't be squeezed into the world mindset. Just because you might be in the minority <laughs> doesn't mean you're in the wrong. Broad is the road that leads to the socket. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Put on the new man who has renewed in the knowledge according to the image. Christ, you created you. You're in the process of being transformed. Change by degree, by degree, into the image of Christ. The churches around the country today are opening their doors. We're getting back to a 
witness to the world? We are supposed to reflect Jesus. We are the witness of the reality of God. Witnessing is not something you do. Witness is what you are. You reflect. You ever read your life? And what they read, they reflect Jesus. The verse says that we are the fragrance of Christ. To some, a fragrance of life. To those who believe, no, a fragrance of death. I love that wee story of the after the testing, after the covenant went to, was left at Overton's farm because they, we couldn't carry it properly. And it says, during the time of the act of the present, the Lord prospered over there. <laughs> Why? Because the presence of the Lord was there. You are the ark of God today. The temple of the Holy Spirit. And wherever you go, you take the presence of the Lord. You should bring light, salt, Living. When people look at you, you know, do they get the fragrance? Oh, these people are being with Jesus. Oh, they got a fragrance. If that's Christianity, you can keep it. God's intent for you is that you become a spectacle of His goodness. God wants to put you on display and say, see what I've done with this wretched thing. <laughs> see what I've made of this foolish thing. See what I've done with this weak thing. That the world might be confounded and God be glorified. So put off the old man and put on the new. Amen.